This week, in the studio, Jean McGrain. Jean is a retired firefighter who has a place in Bloomington's history. Thanks for being on the show, Jean. Thank you, Mike, for having me here. Jean was the first female firefighter in this city's history. Did you know you were going to be a, a historic uh, groundbreaker? Uh, sure, I always tried to break ground wherever I went. <laughs> An athletic sort, uh, which I guess fits in well with being a firefighter. Uh, you're going to be climbing constantly. Heck, I get up on the third rung and I say, oh, this is too high. <laughs> when you became a firefighter, which I believe was 1987? Correct. How did you get into being a firefighter? Good question. So I came to school here at Indiana University in 1971. Uh-huh. Uh, got my teaching degree. Uh, loved Bloomington, was sucked into the Bloomington vortex, as they say, and uh, continued, did go away and teach for a little while, uh, but just missed Bloomington so bad. So, the bloomerang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so came back and just did everything from digging ditches, literally with the utilities department, to work in the animal shelter, to work in the youth shelter, to et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, I got my wastewater operators. Oh, no kidding. Certificate, yes. <laughs> when the Dillman Road started, I uh, was the uh, first operator there and mm -hmm. saw the first uh, pile come through, so to speak. I got to be about 33 years old, and I said to my husband at the time, look, I, I got to get a job. This is going nowhere in this town. And um, at the time, I wanted to get into the outdoor wilderness companies that were just all starting up. I had done Outward Bound, et cetera things like that. So so you'd be the person we would depend upon with our lives, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Keep us away from bears and all the rest. Uh, you'd have to help me with the snakes. but uh, <laughs> uh, um, So about that time, uh, there was an ad in the paper that said Bloomington Fire Department, women encouraged to apply. Ah. And I had known a couple of women who had tried prior to that, but failed the physical agility test. So I thought, hmm, okay, I think I'm a little stronger than they are, so let me give it a try and see how that went. So what goes into the physical agility test? Well, you know, at the time there was not a standardized test among uh -huh. departments. So Bloomington had their own. Um, we had to basically lift um, donut roll hoses up, up a certain height. Uh, we had to put on an air tank, go into a semi-trailer blank one, find our way around, get back out. Hmm. Uh, probably the the thing that I saw eliminate people the most was climbing the uh, aerial truck, oh. which was an old rickety ladder <laughs> that went straight up into the air. So you had to go up to the top of that, hook your leg, and let go. Uh, I did hear the comment later that the first time I picked up a a charged hose line, which they charged with sand, basically. And we were, all, we were doing this out at the... Um, Assembly Hall parking lot, basically. Uh, you had to pick that up and drag it 100 yards or something. And so the chief at the time looked at the assistant, and when I picked it up and started running with it, he said, I think we just found our first female firefighter. No kidding. Yeah. 
So I did pass the agility test and the interviews. Um, I remember going before the Board of Safety was kind of the last interview, and they're like, why do you want this job? Well, prior to that, I had worked, I was animal control officer in town for the city and the county, and nobody's ever happy to see you when you show up with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a youth shelter working there. You know, that's that's not a happy job either. And I just, I said, I want a job where they're happy to see you when you show up, <laughs> which is the fire department for sure. <laughs> so uh, I certainly did not grow up thinking I would ever be a fireman. In this neck of the woods, south central Indiana, were there many other towns that may or may not have had female fighter firefighters? Um, there was one in Indianapolis. Yeah, well, that's a big city. That's yeah. it. You know, they're going to be a little bit more advanced. And I uh, honestly did not meet another woman firefighter for almost seven to eight years. Wow. Um, I read about a conference. It was the second conference they were having that's called Women in the Fire Service. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was a national conference held in Asheville. And I asked the department if I could go, and they agreed. And I walked into this hotel room with 200 other women firefighters, type A personalities. I'm like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> that was a wonderful experience to be able to network and communicate with them and say, hey, don't you hate it when they... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I wonder when you got your job, did they call it a fireman or a firefighter by that time? That was probably a term that was just coming around, mm-hmm. firefighter. Uh, people would catch themselves yeah. all the time and say, oh, do you like being a fireman? Mm-hmm. And you have to say, hey, we all fight fire. We're firefighters. Yeah. About the same time that policemen was becoming police officer. Right. Basically. I have a good little story about that. Please. Um At the time, I was captain of my crew, and we would go to uh, schools and do some fire safety talks. So usually the procedure was I would introduce myself to the class and tell them I'm the captain of this crew. Here's my driver. Here's my sergeant, things like that. Uh, And then let them do their safety talks or demonstrations. So at the end of the um, demonstrations, the teacher kept saying, let's thank the firemen today. Aren't we glad the firemen came here and (laughs) gave us this? Normally, that does not bother me, mm-hmm. but I thought, this is the teacher saying uh-uh. this. So I said, hey, boys and girls, I said, I got a good question for you. If all these guys are firemen, what do you call me? And this little girl raises her hand in front and says, the boss. <laughs> I told that story. My daddy wanted to send it in to Reader's Digest. <laughs> <laughs> the wisdom of kids. When you came aboard, and this is 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was all men. Yes. How did they like it? Well, they didn't, obviously. Uh, they, I understand prior to that, they'd had a lot of meetings uh, with the wives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, oh, because you lived together, essentially? Sure. I think they were a little more worried about what I was going to sleep in than <laughs> if I could do the job. But, uh, you know, they, their concern was physically, could I do the job? Yeah. And uh, it took a little bit to prove that. Um, there was a saying at the time among women firefighters then that, you know, you couldn't be as good as, you had to be better than. Sure. You know, you don't fight fire with your back, you fight it with your head. You know, your first fire is always your label. I don't care what you do, 
as a rookie, you do something wrong, it's going to follow you for the rest of your career. Do you remember that first one? (laughs) I remember the first fire when I was accepted. It was up on North Walnut. Kurt Cobain had just died. There was a woman very distraught about it. She set her apartment on fire and ran down the street naked. So (laughs) there was a lot going on at that point. So somehow our truck ended up coming around the back. Now the safety rules are that wherever you go, there's two of you. At the time, you know, we didn't have enough. There wasn't that personnel on the apartment. So did you have radios? Each person? Uh, no, not then even. Not even. Yeah, yeah. the officers did. Yeah, uh, right, right. Uh, so I came in the back door with, with the fire hose. Um, I'm laying on my back, putting the fire out, you know. And the other crew, actually it was our battalion chief, was busting down the front door, um, coming in that way. And he said, and there was Gene laying there putting the fire out. And it just seemed like bingo. From then on, it was like, okay, you know. I want to... She's one of us. Yeah, I can't see the... You can't see it on the radio, but it seemed everyone had their arms crossed and were like this, and then suddenly they kind of relaxed them and said, okay. Let me clear something up here. You started in 1987, and to best of my recollection, Kurt Cobain died in the early 90s. Yes. So it took you a while to become accepted. Yes. Was it uncomfortable? Sure. You always felt you had to prove yourself. Was there a special place for you to live? No. We started in this building. This is the WFHB Studios, and this is the reason why we call it Firehouse Broadcasting, because we're in the old main fire department here. Right. The chief likes to tell the story that he researched other departments who had hired female firefighters. They did all these renovations, et cetera, et cetera, to accommodate for bathrooms. But there was only one bathroom upstairs. Um, he bought a dollar forty-nine hasp lock and put it on the door, and that was the renovation that was made. <laughs> I seem to recall hearing a story that the uh, lockup uh, for the county jail was next door. Yeah, I heard the I heard the old guys talking about that. Um, that actually, I think there was a, a little passageway between the women's jail and the men's uh, the firehouse here. Uh, So there were some things that were passed back and forth. Oh, for God's (laughs) sakes. (laughs) The chief, when you started, was Larry Fleener. Was he welcoming to you? He helped me. He he made sure I was assigned to a right crew. Uh, I had a wonderful captain who really uh, was the best guy I could have had in my corner. You know, Chief Fleener really set me up for success that way and not for failure. He was always checking with me to make sure uh, things were going well and was sincere about that. Um, At the time, I uh, shortly thereafter, I came on, I did divorce in in 90, 91. Uh Um, A very amiable divorce, but um, I think because of Larry's friendship that first developed, with me, uh, his his really sincerity and care of, of doing that, we developed a, a nice friendship that, shall I say, eventually led into a marriage. Wow! <laughs> um, was quite controversial with uh, the men on the department at that time, but he was never my direct supervisor, so, uh-huh. um, you know, that was not an issue, but um, we did marry. Uh, 
when we were together actually probably 15 years, I want to say, uh, or more. But, you know, the, the there were a lot of guys that were kind of, I don't even know the word, <laughs> uh, against it, I suppose. But, you know, nowadays, look at these uh, Chicago Fire and all the shows that are on TV. Yeah. And they're all having romances in the <laughs> fire department. You know, it's no big deal now anymore. In fact, um, you know, a lot of uh, firefighters are marrying each other, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Well, they know what each other does and can appreciate what exactly. they go through. Exactly. Larry Fleener, he was the chief until about 1997. He was replaced by a woman. Yes. Kathy Saunders. Did you know Kathy? Uh, I got to know her. <laughs> that was very controversial on our department. Um, she was, I believe, a lawyer and um, had never really been a firefighter. Never right. Fought a fire. She wasn't a field person. No. Yeah. Yeah, I was working, uh, I don't even know what that background was that made her eligible with fire departments. But, right. Um, so she came in, made quite a few changes that uh, I'm going to say anybody that makes changes on the fire department is fought. <laughs> right, right. Across the country. So uh, she wasn't really well received, um, should we say, on that. It was a tough road for her, for sure. Did you become friends? No, I wouldn't say friends, no. Um, Did she sympathize with you as being the first? I probably more sympathize for her, but I did disagree with a lot of things she also did too. So During your term here, as you say, you served in this old station. Then were there other stations that um, you served in? Yes, I went, uh, I went then to the new station down there at 4th and Lincoln. Uh, that's when I got a separate bathroom and dressing wow. room. Oh, it was heaven. So I, but that was 91 or two. I believe. Yeah. Um, so I probably spent from there. I became an aerial driver there. Um, so you were a driver. Oh, yes. That's, that's a normal kind of promotional thing that you do. Um, you start out by being a backup driver. So when the actual, they call them sergeants or chauffeurs at the time uh -huh. uh, was off and you would become the driver mm -hmm. um, you learn by just going out and driving uh, you know that's how they teach you and, and then obviously you have to take classes to learn the pumping operations right uh, yeah but handling one of those big things and the engines that are in those things they could move yeah. you know an ocean liner for gosh sakes they are heavy, yes. yeah but i drove uh, dump trucks for the utilities department so oh. i wasn't you know, too off base for me, at least. Uh, that's when I also drove the big ladder truck. At, wow. Um, when the normal driver would be off. Yeah. And gosh, I think we went out to Assembly Hall and practiced in the parking lot a little bit. And then there I go. And that's when now they've got a whole crew on there, you know. So they're helping you back up. They're doing all this. At that time, you were the only one that drove it. Right. So I think the best words of advice my captain gave me was, hey, you got to get there first to help anybody so mm -hmm. if that aerial truck was called it was a major fire or a big yeah. fire so was there ever a time that you were worried for your life no i felt we had the training we needed i think most accidents that happen with firefighters you're often just in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah um, if you're well trained then you're not afraid no so you felt you were well trained mm -hmm. 
despite the fact that there wasn't a standardized or uniform type of training like throughout the state. Like now, yes. There is now. Yes. Where does the trainee have to go? You first must pass the physical agility test, and now yeah. that is a standardized test that is offered three or four times a year. Uh-huh. You get a card that says you passed, good for a year. Um, the training now is done by the training officer that is with the Bloomington Fire Department or among your crew members yourself. Hmm. You know, oftentimes the captain provides a training, things like that. There is mandatory type things they must do, but... You know, the captain for the day may say, hey, we're going to practice, you know, exiting a ladder quickly or something like that. Exiting a ladder quickly? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Sometimes you go head first down the ladder. Uh, so, Get out of here. Oh, no. Gears and all. You know, the, the gear you're wearing is 75 pounds. So, you know, you can do it with your, your hands on the outside of the rungs and sliding down and catching yourself right before the end and righting yourself and standing up. Wow. Uh, you can... You know, most times you'll do it on the out, you know, feet first, but you're not going rung by rung. You are literally sliding down the outside of the ladder itself. When you came aboard, were firefighters standing on the outside of the truck oh, like yeah. the old days? Oh, yeah. Uh, myself and another uh, guy that um, he don't, he'd been on a couple years. So it was the two of us on the tailboard. And you literally jumped on, was trying to get dressed and hang on with one arm and bend your knees going over bumps. And, yeah. you know, oh, my gosh, no, now they don't. They, that's totally outlawed. And you have to be sitting down in an enclosed cab. Well, from what I understand, wasn't that the most likely way for a firefighter to get hurt was trying to jump on that tailboard? <laughs> they did leave you if you weren't on there. So, yeah, <laughs> you had to hurry up and jump on. And if, and if, you, if you missed your step. You're going to land on your butt. Yeah. And to this day, actually, more firefighters are killed en route um, to a scene than they are actually on the scene. Traffic accidents. Yes. Uh -huh. It's such a science at this point that is there, are there any surprises left for firefighters? You know, it's still putting the, red, the wet stuff on the red stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> As they say, um, there are thermal imaging cameras now that, that really has helped a lot in the advancement, which is looking through a camera that shows you heat. Uh -huh. Now, you're in a fire, your body may be showing white. You know, in other words, it's cooler. So, you know, it lets you see that way. Um, but there's not been a whole lot of advancement other than for the safety of firefighters. Yeah. Um, the same amount, I believe over 100 plus, are killed every year. Throughout the nation. Throughout the nation. A lot of it is still due now that the gear is so much better. Uh -huh. Firefighters are going deeper into the fire. Whereas even when I came on, you know, the guys wouldn't, hey, my ears are getting hot. Let's get out of here, you know, kind of thing. I mean. Really? Sure. Because, uh, you know, air tanks were just being introduced. So yeah. a lot of them, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stay in the fire that hot or that long. And your gear is much better. Did you ever say to yourself, am I crazy for getting into this business? <laughs> no, I loved it. I, it's, it was such a good job. Every day, I never dreaded going to work. Every day was different. You had fun. You you learned something new every single, uh, we, we call them tricks, not shifts. But every trick you, you were, 
there was something different. Well, why'd they call them tricks? I don't know. That's an old, old time saying, I guess, from that. But uh, it's a 24-hour job. Yeah. You come in at 7 in the morning, and you leave at 7 the next morning. And you have two days off. Yeah. Uh, most of us had other jobs. Um, huh. So, you know, you're working 54 hours at the fire department, technically, mm-hmm. plus another one is 90 hours a week, oftentimes. So. Yeah. I'm enjoying my sleep now. I have been in firehouses here in Bloomington, and the guys are all sitting around in nice, easy chairs or watching the game or mm-hmm. what have you, something like that. So it's sort of like hanging out with your friends yeah. for a yeah. while. What other tasks are involved when you're not on a call? Well, uh, you'll come in in the morning and you'll clean the station. So it's a universal rule that uh, the guys you relieve are always slobs. The ones that relieve you are always jerks, but (laughs) that's across the country. Yep. Um, So you clean up the station the first hour, maybe have a little breakfast. Uh, Training will usually start by 9 a.m. So you'll train till 11 or 12, have a lunch, train in the afternoon till usually about 3. Training? Yes. There's more training than we've already addressed. Oh, yes, you train every, every day. Like what? Well, you constantly need to review, uh-huh. and then there's always new things to learn. So, huh. um, you know, tie those knots. knots. I, I was dyslexic with knots, so I had to constantly review how to do those. Why are you tying knots as a firefighter? Uh, well, let's say you're up on the roof. You need an axe up there. So you lower the rope bag. you got to have an axe up there. You need the hose up there. You've got to... That's how you get it. That's how you get it. Yeah. <laughs> It seems so elementary, but we don't think of that as uh, civilians. And then after in the afternoon after that, then you're free. You, you try to work out. We, uh, most every fire station has an exercise room, mm-hmm. so you're trying to work out in that. And then you're having supper, and then uh, you know a little evening TV. That's I think on the average there's uh, I'm not going to say now. I think there's more than that, but maybe five to ten calls a day. Uh, They're not necessarily all fires. No, no. What what else could they be than a house on fire? Uh, now the, the fire department, they started this, uh, don't quote me what year, but we started running medical runs. Um, uh-huh. ELS medical runs um, so that anyone that is unconscious, um, suffering a heart attack, anything along those lines, the fire department goes. Uh, the reason being is they can beat the ambulance there by three or four minutes, usually. We're more centrally located around the city. So are you carrying emergency medical service equipment at all? Correct. Uh-huh. Uh, defibrillators. Uh, and are all firefighters EMTs? Yes, now they are. Were you? I only had to be what's called a first responder. at the time. Uh-huh. Yes. So you knew your CPR? Oh, yeah. And a few other things. And we run on traffic accidents, so, uh-huh. you know, you're always... I'm always doing that. Uh, inevitably, 2 a.m., the bars close, you'll be out. <laughs> Why? Uh, you get some unconscious people at that point sometimes. Or a fist fight. or. Uh... Well, we don't go for fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, if a guy's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they have to be life-threatening kind of situations. I see. Um, well, oftentimes, uh, they'll go home and decide to have some French fries at 2 in the morning and then fall asleep on the couch and the French fries are burning and the... Were you expected to cook? Ah, when I came on, I I wondered about that. Yeah. And I thought about that. And um, so I started making some tofu dishes and things that were not really... <laughs> What's this? <laughs> the meat and potatoes that <laughs> yeah. they wanted. 
so no, uh, I think that put the kibosh on kind of quick. <laughs> but um, but the, the, the task of cooking is spread democratically, yes, isn't it? Yes. If you don't cook, you do the dishes. One or the other. One or the other. So most stations have those that cook and um, those that don't. Um, some stations eat together, some do not. Oh, so depending. This depends, yes. Who shops for the groceries? Uh, we're allowed to go once a day to the store. So we might get there and say, hey, what do we want for dinner tonight? So as a crew, you'll go. Um, now, they used to send the new man. <laughs> and there are quite a bit of old stories of just running that guy to death in the mm -hmm. old days. You know, hey, he'd get back. Hey, I think I want some ice cream now. And he'd go to the store <laughs> and give you that and this and that. So they kind of changed all that. So now the crew goes together more or less. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so you'll well, see. You'll how see would they get drugs. there? They wouldn't take the fire truck, would they? Oh, yeah, we take the fire truck. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you miss it? I miss the guys. Do you? Yeah, sure. I had a lot of fun with them. And there's always, you know, there's too much time on your hands, so there's always joking going on. Yeah. You know? They're always putting your bed slats farther apart so you fall when they get in bed, or they're <laughs> tying strings on your uh, blankets and pulling them across the room, or, you know, you never know. Your shoes ends up in the freezer. You, oh, a million things just are constantly uh, <laughs> happening in the firehouse. Did you ever personally feel uncomfortable? A little bit in the beginning, but I would say only the first year or two. And why? Um, there were just not many, but a handful that just did not feel women belonged in the fire service. Yeah. Uh, and sort of would give you the, the stink eye, huh, in a yeah, way? Or? Yeah, or wouldn't want to teach you things or um, just made it uncomfortable. But it would seem to me... That if uh, if you were my colleague at a firehouse, I'd want you to know everything because you might need to save my life. You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> but it doesn't always work that way, yeah. huh? But that was sort of rare. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was a hard line for me to cross of, um, you know, I think women who started in the fire service wanted to be one of the guys. Yeah. You know. But and what does that mean? That's hard. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you come around eventually to say, no, I think women bring another aspect to the firehouse, to the fire service, that you go ahead and maintain that about yourself. Uh, I found male humor to be really different than female humor. Uh, and, you know, I that was kind of the hard thing to buy into and, and not not do that. Did they sort of test you along those lines? Uh, Let's see what she can take. Yeah, but again, I'd worked utilities guys, uh, and I'd heard it all there too. So, so you'd uh, been around guys. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, two older brothers, you know. Yeah. Um, didn't bother me, but um, you, we each have our own line in the sand. I think you know maybe the second woman that came on, uh, you know, they would often say, "Hey, Jean didn't do this," or. She didn't mind that, and it's like that. She's her own person, you know. She has her own lines to draw, and uh, what you what you permit, you promote. Jean McGrain, the first female firefighter in Bloomington's history. Jean, thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you, Mike.